What if the church didn't want anything from you, but wanted everything for you? Today, we're going to talk to a pastor slash entrepreneur who is leading a church that wants to help people experience transformation, not just spiritually, but in every area of their life. You don't want to miss this episode. Welcome to the Monetize Your Ministry podcast. And you get a chance to interact with them, to me. That's full-time ministry. And that I have to, because that needs to It brings in itself and then opens. I want to provide content and things that are going to help change lives. And I simultaneously want to, to receive a blessing from that. Now here's your host, Kamon Hunt. All right, welcome back to the Monetize Your Ministry podcast. I'm super excited. Listen, uh, we've been adding more and more episodes every week. And I'm glad that you're here every week watching, listening, sharing. I want you to do just one favor for me this week. Just one thing. If you are someone, if you've never listened to it on an audio platform before, or if you're listening on an audio platform, I need you to rate and review this podcast, especially on Apple and on Spotify. So even if you're watching it, you go over to Apple, go over to Spotify and look up the Monetize Your Ministry podcast and leave us a rating and a review. Why should you do that? Here's why. If you do that, let me pull my microphone in. If you do that, it'll help other people to find the podcast and get this good inspiration that you have a chance to hear every week. All right, that's my ask for this week. Go over to Spotify, go over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and a review. All right, we have a guest today, friend of mine. I'm super excited today. To welcome to the podcast, Muta Mwenya. Muta, welcome, my brother. What up, what up, what up, man? What's happening? How are you? Dude, I'm great, man. Let me give you a proper introduction. Muta is a speaker, entrepreneur, pastor, and coach. He is the founding and lead pastor of Relevant Church and also the founder and director of Relevant Leadership College. In addition to leading these two organizations, Muta speaks and coaches individuals, pastors, and entrepreneurs to overcome limitations and experience the abundant life that Jesus promised. Muta has written and published numerous faith-based and personal growth articles and curriculum and set to be released in 2023, his new book, Undone, Undone, Overcoming the Curse of Almost. Man, I can't wait to read that. It's a personal development book focused on helping you to finally break the lid off your limitations and achieve the results that have seemed out of reach in your life. Man, y'all know you got to cop that book because so many of us are on that almost uh, journey. Muta and his wife, Christine, live in Indiana with your three boys, Isaiah, Elijah, and Jeremiah. My brother, great to have you on today. What's happening? What's happening, man? Thank you so much for allowing me to be on this, dude. I am honored i am super honored when you asked me you say yo can you jump on this podcast i was i was elated elated because i got to hang out with you man so I've, I've gotten to watch you i've got to see your ministry and your marketplace ministry and it's just been an inspiration man so listen i i just counted i counted a joy an honor to be sitting with the kimon Hines. so That's funny. let's That's go good, Dude, you know, it's so funny. I just wish I, my I was, background was as good as yours. You got all these people who jump on this podcast <laughs> of these amazing backgrounds. And I'm like, I'm just a simple fellow with a white room, white walls, a little picture on the wall, my little home <laughs> office. So humble here. Uh, but one day I'm going to be on you guys' level. Hey, for sure. man, listen, listen, for my for my audience, you go, this brother's humble. You go, Wisdom Crazy. is going to come from this man today. So forget the backgrounds, man. This brother's going to bring it. <laughs> When I was making my list of people who I thought about when I was starting this podcast, I got to interview this person and this person. Dude, you were on my list as one of the first people because from the moment I met you, you embodied to me monetizing ministry and marketplace. You embodied that. I'm going to just tell a quick story of how we met. I remember we're in the hallway of uh, a church during a conference, and you were an exhibitor with a ministry called Elijah Three Ministries, and, and you were... It was ministry, but you were also, man, I just caught this passion from you. And, man, I could tell you had skills in, like, marketing and sales because whatever you were selling, man, I was buying. And I just I just saw your journey from there to church leading or whatever. 
But talk to us about your just your background. What did you start off in in terms of what you studied, what yeah. you started off in terms of career? Talk to us a little bit. Yeah, absolutely, man. I had the most un non-traditional route, man. Non-traditional route. I'm gonna tell you guys right now. And I, I don't know if I'm gonna uh mess up the pedigree that's been on this <laughs> podcast, but real talk, I'm a high school dropout, bro. I dropped out of high school in 10th grade and I only had ninth grade credits. So literally I dropped out of high school as a ninth grader. Um, but the reality is I got bored of sitting at home and I was just like, man, I'm 16. I'm about to sit home and play video games all day, every day. And so I found a loophole to get me into college early. So I actually skipped all the grades and jumped into college, started college. And then, you know, just a dysfunctional, life of a, a of a young person um i stopped jumped out but it never stopped my hustle my ground I, at my grind i think a lot of my creativity a lot of my hustle came from me going a non-traditional way so like i said you know i dropped out of high school in the ninth grade but i found a way to get myself into college through some loopholes mm -hmm. i dropped out of college and found my way climbing a corporate career. And by the time I was 26, without a high school diploma or a college degree, I found myself as a vice president of a regional company. And wow. so um, I've just learned to hustle, learn to grind and start from the bottom up. And so uh, my background is in marketing. I started working for a healthcare company as an administrative assistant, went into operations, went into marketing, uh, left there. We launched an ad agency. Ad agency was doing pretty well for itself um, and did a few things there, nonprofit style stuff of, you know, uh, encouraging college students, helping them get into their careers through resume workshops and um, and internships. All the while, I still don't have a college degree of a high school diploma, wow. you know, and then uh, I was watching some news program and it talked about just education is our greatest civil right. And something clicked inside of me. I was like, man, that's the one thing that can never be taken away because if all of my business went away, if everything went away, if I went into a company, they'll say that's good and great, but you don't have a college degree. This is back in the day when college degrees really made yeah, 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 yeah. difference. And so I went back to school and got a degree in communication and organizational management and um, just continued my career. And it's crazy because after I graduated with this degree in communication, organizational management, the Lord pulled me out of the marketplace and called me into full-time vocational ministry. And so I started working for a nonprofit, uh, Elijah 3. It was a startup. Uh, a friend of mine, actually one of my interns, one of my former interns at my ad agency hired me as his operations director and his development director. And within a few months of me being there, he was like, dude, you are a lot better at running organizations than I am. How about I'll do everything else and you just be the executive director. And so that's when you met me. Um, yeah. I just become the executive director. And it was a great ride, amazing. We developed a curriculum for right. youth ministry, that. urban youth ministry. That. Got to work with some really cool, you know, um, Christian rap artists and authors and all of that. And then God pulled me into the local church. And so I accepted an assignment to be a part of the local church and was there for a couple of years. And then God called me to plant a church. And so we planted a life-giving church in a local community that I never thought I was going to go to, never wanted to go to. But again, God has this thing in my life of allowing me to get it from the mud. I walked, it mm. in, I walked into a community. I didn't know anyone. I knew two people, people I went to college with, and none of them showed up to my church. And so I had to plant this church from the ground up, not knowing anyone. And God has been absolutely, absolutely incredible. It's been seven years later. We're thriving. We're growing. We got a staff. Uh, nice. We're seeing people come to faith in Jesus. And so, yeah, that's a little bit of my story, man. Dude, I hear a lot of um, startup. Um, absolutely, man. Like business startup, right? Like ministry startup and now mm -hmm. church startup. Yeah. Um, talk to us about, I'll, I'll start with this. Do you see, did you see any of your skills that you were working with in the corporate world, right? And in yeah. the nonprofit world, what was the, do you see any of that translating when you now shifted into the ministry oh, and into the, um, the church world? Absolutely. Absolutely, man. I'm telling you, 
I wish more seminaries combined MBAs and seminary degrees. Mm. Because when pastors are walking into a church, there's a lot of skills. You know, I think, you know, I see a lot of like, um, I'm going to answer your question in a second, but I see a lot of like um, social work and MDiv or mm. Master of Divinity for those who may not be familiar with that terminology. I see psychology and, and, and MDiv. But rarely do I see MBA MDiv, communication mm -hmm. MDiv, because you're going to need all these things. You're running an organization. You're communicating a message. You are marketing uh, a message. And so I was privileged to have a background in communication and marketing and organizational management and development. Because all of these skills literally translated to ministry. The cool thing that I've been able to experience is a lot of my friends are like, man, dude, who developed your websites? I'm like, I did. And they're like, man, who does all your marketing? I'm like, I do. I'm like, man, who does your design? I do. You know, because these are the skills that I was able to develop. Yeah, over time, you know, we've had graphic designers uh, that have joined team and all of that. But I'm also a little bit of like a, marketing Nazi. And so I'm very particular in certain things that I want. And so uh, over time, a lot of the major design um, I would do, or I would work in combination with other graphic designers, but I knew how to speak their language or other marketers. And I'd know how to speak their language while some people are like, Hey, just give me something nice. I can say, no, yeah. I don't like the way that communicates. Uh, I don't like the message it communicates. I don't like that font because that font is a little bit too aggressive or that font is a little outdated or, you know, these types of things. So all, I would say every single one of my skills in the marketplace, I was able to translate into ministry and uh, I'll tell you the one thing that I wasn't ready for is uh, when you pay people and then you got volunteers, those are two different worlds. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's the one thing that I wish somebody would have told me about. Yeah. You know, I yeah. had a, um, you know, just for, for those who are new to the podcast, I pastored for 15 years. And then yeah. one of my pastoral assignments, one of my really um, dedicated volunteers was a vice president at a Fortune 500 company. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> he was so he was like, you know, folks, and we know how it is. Folks have lies, right? So I'm not mm -hmm. throwing shade at folks. Folks have lies. But, like, when we talk about commitment, commitment isn't the highest thing on some people's, like, you know, like, the no. tool, toolbox. So sometimes folks would say, I'm coming, and they just don't yeah. show up. That dude was like, yo, man, how do you do this? Because I want to fire everybody. They want to fire everybody, man. I was listen. like, man, you can't fire these people, man. It's volunteers. Dude, listen, I got a funny story on that, too. My executive pastor, I know this is probably not what the podcast is about, but man, I have to talk, mention it. Yeah. My executive pastor also comes out of the marketplace. She was a TV producer. And so when she came on staff, um, she didn't understand the dynamics of working with volunteers and how much more empathy you must have, how much more grace. Now, the beauty about this, side note, after being in ministry and working with volunteers at this level, this now, I think, prepares someone to really go back into the marketplace because there's a new level of empathy and a new level of grace that you can have with your employees. There's a new level of interpersonal communication. I think that does not exist in the corporate world that you can learn in the church. But anyway, my executive, uh, my executive pastor comes on first assignment. She was like, how many people can I fire? How many volunteers can I fire? She was like, these people are not shaping up. Like we need to let them go. We need to bring other people. I'm like, listen, you're not going to go hire a whole new staff of volunteers. You got to develop them. You got to love yeah. them. You got to coach them. You got to lead them. And I think sometimes, and that has been a benefit of being in a church plant is because you don't have that big corporate budget of churches that are either denominational or churches that are uh, uh, campus churches of larger churches. Um, you can't just go hire out everything. So you've got to actually develop people and um, my passion in developing leaders um, has really been able to be utilized because I was doing that in the marketplace. You know, God gave me a gift to develop people from where they are to where God has called them to be. Even while yeah. I was in the marketplace, that was my heartbeat. And so, yeah, man. Dude, I see that. I hear that. And, you know, it's funny going back to we'll go back to your youth ministry, mm -hmm. you know, because it feels like that developing of people is a skill that you develop, that you that you find 
and you hone in on and you kind of even build working with youth because you got to absolutely develop. but you said something man i have to i have to say this right? so you talk we're talking about you going marketplace to ministry and really mm-hmm. you never really left the marketplace because you're, you're still an entrepreneur but there's yeah. also the part of what we talk about in this podcast is going from ministry and by that we mean like the skills you develop even in in the church world how are we taking that out into the marketplace you said something about people who move from ministry to marketplace Mm-hmm. there's a level of empathy. There's some, some, what we call soft skills that you carry. Mm-hmm. With you. And I'd made this statement the other day that what the marketplace needs is what the church has. Yeah. And 100%. I, I saw, I saw you make that statement. Yeah. That was big. I want you to reflect on that. Cause I feel like sometimes we don't recognize what the, when, when we really interact in the marketplace, you recognize, yeah, people have, they have the tools, they have the technology, but those soft skills that you develop, it feels like that's a really a missing link. T- kind of talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, man, that's 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 really huge. And I remember you mentioning that, dude. There's so many posts that you post that I'm just like I screenshot and save. I remember <laughs> I was flying back from Kansas City, and literally one of your I, I can find it in my phone. One of your statements blew my mind. I showed my wife. I said this. This is what I'm talking. This is what God has been speaking to me about. Like, listen to uh, listen to come on. Like he is. <laughs> He's he's going somewhere with this, you know, Mm -hmm. and so I I just really appreciate the wisdom that you share in your social media platforms, in your podcast, because honestly, dude, you're changing lives, you're shifting mindsets and you're actually creating a new generation of leaders that think beyond marketplace and think beyond ministry and say like all life is worship all life is ministry and so i just want to honor you and thank you for that because you you are you are leading a, a new generation and you're leading the pack so i appreciate you for that but um yeah, the life skills uh the soft skills that you can take from ministry to the marketplace it's it's simply this. Uh, when you're in the marketplace, the budget rules mm-hmm. because you pay for everything. Mm-hmm. In ministry, you don't always have the budget for everything. Mm-hmm. So you learn to really ideate and create. Ooh. And so you learn how to really flex your creativity in a way that the marketplace doesn't often um, have that capacity because I could just go pay for it. I can just go hire a new person. And then when they stop being useful, I just fire them. So we just use people. But in ministry, you realize that every person in your organization is a gift. They don't have to be there. They want to be there. So there's a new level of love, empathy, care, gratitude, grace that you have for individuals that help you lead and develop people at a greater rate than you would in the marketplace. If somebody's not working out, I can just shift their position. In ministry, if somebody's not working out, well, I ain't got nobody else. So it's time to coach and develop Mm -hmm. and lead this person into becoming who I know that they can be. Yeah. And so I feel like in within creativity, within innovation, man, I'm telling you, people in ministry have no clue Come on. The, the edge that they have on corporate America. Mm-hmm. Because so we good. have to innovate. Yeah, yeah. We, we literally have to be able to create ex nihilo from nothing, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so... Um, I really believe a lot of guys who end up going back to the marketplace realize, especially if they left the marketplace and went back into the marketplace. I don't know if you're realizing this as somebody who did that is like, yo, it's so much easier in the marketplace, Mm -hmm. especially taking these skills now, because now I can really be on the edge of development. I can really build the team. I can build a dream team because not only do I have the capacity to coach them and lead them, but now I can pay, pay yeah. them. Yeah. Oh, bro. Yeah. It opens up a whole new ball That's game right. because remember yeah. people don't leave organizations. They leave people. Yeah. That's so right. when corporate executives are like, Oh, this person is jumping from company to company because they're just climbing the corporate ladder. You know what? If that person was actually felt seen, heard, and valued in your corporation, they would probably never leave. That's right. 
and Muta, you saying this, right? Think about this. So one creativity, right? Absolutely. What, what's a what's a benefit and a strength that you take from ministry into the marketplace? Creativity. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Like you you look at things in a way where it's like, okay, the the absence of resources does not stop you. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, how can we make it happen? Absolutely. Secondly, though, think about what our nation, if you go by any store right now, it's like we're people, it's a help wanted sign. We need yeah. people. Yeah. And part of that is because people don't feel cared for by organizations. And if there's something that ministry can bring into the marketplace is that empathy and care and it's that that compassionate view of helping people and seeing something in them mm-hmm. that they that that no one sees in them. They may not even seeing themselves and then working to develop that out yeah. of them. So I think that you just you hit that so well. man. And then I listen I, as I'm looking at the stuff on, on on your bio, development just seems like it's a theme that runs through things that you've done. Talk to us about youth ministry then and even some of the youth ministry you're doing now. How has that helped you in your work, working with youth, Mm -hmm. helped you in your business work, and how has it helped you in your work even now leading as senior pastor, leading with adults? Kind of talk about that. Man, yeah. That's a very good question. I'm going to see if I can um, organize my thoughts because as you're talking, there's like three billion thoughts coming up. Um, so I believe the question that you're asking, how has how has my background in youth ministry contributed to what I'm doing now mm-hmm. um, and how mm-hmm. I lead? Yeah, man, let me tell you, if there's anybody who's watching this who wants to be a pastor, a senior pastor, and you're not a senior pastor, go do youth ministry. Mm. If if there's anybody here who wants to start a business from the ground up, go find a church that doesn't have a youth ministry and start it. That's good. Because everything from, oh my gosh, to be a youth pastor, you got to be entrepreneurial, man. Especially if there's no youth ministry already there. Because the one thing that, youth will do is they will see through all of your crap. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They will see whether you're real or you're not. They'll see whether you're really committed or you're not. They'll see whether you care about them or you don't. They'll see whether you care about the ministry or you don't, or the gospel that you're preaching or you don't. Youth have this discerning capability that makes you say, I got to be on my P's and Q's if I'm going to lead these groups of individuals. And so uh, honestly, bro, for me, I was unique because I started in an urban church that did not really have a youth ministry. And we were surrounded by the hood. Like we were surrounded Mm -hmm. by projects. And um, we had a couple of kids come into the church uh, who would bring their friends And one day there was a fight that happened and people were like, what are we going to do with these kids? You know? And I asked the question, I was like, man, listen, would you rather them be here or trying to break into our cars? Well, yeah. yeah. So let's just be happy that they're here. But then I sat back and I was like, I don't know anything about youth ministry. I don't know anything about, you know, kids, you know, I had a little toddler at the time. That was my first child. And high school students used to get on my nerves because I thought they were just obnoxious. But honestly, um, realizing that um, they're looking for inspiration, they're looking to grow, to be seen, to be heard. And whether it's a product, whether it's a ministry, your product or your ministry is to people. People are looking for a need. And they're looking for that need to be filled so that people have a need and they're looking for that need to be filled. And so for my youth ministry, it was kids wanted to feel seen. They wanted to be loved and they wanted church to be fun. And so how do I take something? And my church that I was in was pretty old school. So how do I take something that seems antiquated and irrelevant and make it relevant to a group of individuals and convince them that this is the place they need to be and they need to bring their friends? Bro, that's marketing. Yeah. Now I've got a message that I'm trying to communicate and I'm trying to 
build an audience that not only is captured by this product that I'm providing, but in the end becomes brand ambassadors that go out and bring more people in. It's business, man. You're giving a business class right That's here. That's it. Man. Yeah. It's like meet a need, find a need, meet that need, package it in a way that speaks to the audience that you're targeting. And that's youth ministry, that's business, that's church ministry, that's leading a church plant. That's the same thing. You got to find a need, find a group that has that need and package something in a way that they see the value in it. It's life, man. Jesus Mm -hmm. showed up to a well knew that there was a woman there with a need, told her how that she could have that need fulfilled, mm-hmm. showed her that she had the capacity to uh, experience it at a level that Ooh. would create such peace, joy, and fruit in her life that when she got a hold of this thing, she ran back into her That's community right. and said, yo, we all need this. Yeah, yeah. Come see this guy who's who has filled the need in my life, who's filled the gap in my life. And the reason she did that is because she knew there were other people with that gap. You know, and so that that's really what it is. The demoniac. Sorry, this is ministry, right? The demoniac. Jesus shows up. This guy has a need. He fills that need. This guy says, man, I want to be with you. Let me come with you. Yeah. Let me come with you. And he said, can I tell you, that is my favorite story in the Bible. Yeah. He says, no, 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 no. Just go tell people what I did for you. Yeah. Go, go, go share with them what you've experienced. And what we know about the Decapolis is 10 region city. uh, This uh, 10, uh, 10 city region is now evangelized by a dude who used to be. Right crazy in the graveyard and when the christians show up there's already a community of believers dude it's crazy so i mean at at the end of the day youth ministry really helped me because um you have to be creative um so one of the things that i did dude youth and the reason i said this my mind went all over the place because literally youth ministry or ministry to young adults was the stage that the Lord set for me to do everything that I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you, let's see if I can give it to you quick. So me holding these resume workshops and career building uh, workshops at the u- university in my area taught me public speaking. Mm-hmm. It taught me uh networking and connecting people how to be a connector so not only networking for me but connecting a networking for other people like connecting people so that really allowed me to learn the skills of what it took to hey kimon's got a product this guy's got a product and if i bring them together i'm the common denominator yeah there you go so I'm providing value to them, but when they know that they need value, it's gonna they're gonna come to me. Number one or number two, if I need something from them, there's reciprocity. They'll know that I can reach out to them, you know, and right, they'll be right. able to help me out. On the youth ministry, the high school ministry is these kids will come to the church. The pastor's words were going over their head. Most of these kids had never been in church before, so I needed to package curriculum. I needed to teach them. I didn't call a curriculum at first. I needed to create lessons Mm -hmm. that ministered to these kids in their context at their level. I didn't know that this was the foundation of being a curriculum developer. Four, five, five years later, I'm now working as a curriculum developer for the world's largest African-American Christian publishing uh company and i'm a consultant for them i go into ministry and i need to teach the church different things sermon series are nothing but curriculum that's right just broken up over weeks (laughs) but i learned all of these skills doing youth and young adult ministry that's good if i never did any of those things i would have never been prepared for this that's so good 
entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. So literally going and starting this, um, this youth ministry, going and hitting the streets, literally. I know a lot of financial advisors, Edward Jones. Oh, sorry. Probably not supposed to be shouting people out. But they literally knock on doors and connect with people in the community. Bro, I was coming into the 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 hood like not like the dope man but i had a new product to sell the hope man the hope I had, man i was the hope man right <laughs> i was the hope man connecting with people hey this is what we got this is what we're going on hey can you come and be a part of this and just being able to connect with the community and um community partners and throwing events and all those types of things Honestly, bro, it, it just it set the groundwork for where I'm at today. I love so I'm stuff. grateful for those yeah. knuckleheaded kids who I get to see. I, I bumped into one of them in the mall and she was like, Pastor Muta? And I was just like, yo, wow. I hadn't seen this kid in 12, 13, 14 years. And now she's wow. a grown woman with a family of her own. Wow. You know, so Dude. I don't you know if any so of that. Like, man, you said bro. so much life, man. Listen, y'all are listening, watching the monetize your ministry podcast our guest today is muta muenya uh pastor muta muta you said something and i just hope people are catching this a lot of times we do not see the connections that god makes between the different things in our journey yeah. so we sometimes diminish our experiences especially if we are moving between um the church world or the ministry world we, and, and and for us we believe right all life is ministry Mm -hmm. But we move in between the traditional church world and then we move out into the business space, the marketplace. Mm -hmm. We say, well, all I did was youth ministry. All right. I did was, you know, lead a group or whatever. All I did. And when you peel it back and you begin to look at, okay, skill development. Yeah. Forget what I was paid for it, right? Forget mm -hmm. that. If you're not paid anything, that's fine. But what did you do? What role did you have? You recognize how transferable those skills are, and really how much God was developing you for the thing he was developing for you. Like, so he was developing in you back then for developing something in you for the things that he would put you in places he put you in three years later, five years later, and now, you know, how many years later, what you're doing now. And I want to get to what you're doing now. Hey, can I, can I say ahead. something about what well, you in. just said something that was really big? And I really want somebody to hear this. I want somebody to really hear this. Everything that I get paid for now, I did free before and had no clue that I was going to monetize it. Wow. That's Everything good. that I get paid to do now, I was doing for free 20 years ago. And I didn't know that this was where my career, this is what I was going to be doing. My first website I created was for my church. Because they needed the website created. So I was like, I'm going to learn how to create a website. My first des graphic design piece that I made was for my church. And so... The first curriculum I wrote was for my church. And this this may be talking to all the church volunteers out there. Love on your church and God will bless you. You're right. <laughs> no, I mean, look, think about this, man. Like, I'm glad you stopped me there because that this is so important. Yeah. There's some young person right now who's like, man, I don't know what I want to do with my life. I'm trying to figure this thing out. If you are an, a believer and you belong to any church community, you have an advantage. Because yeah. you can begin to try out things. Join a ministry, try that thing out for a while. Man, if you don't like that, go try another one, right? Because mm -hmm. they they let you hold expensive equipment and use it, right? They, <laughs> they literally put you... cameras in you, <laughs> yeah. computers. Yeah. They, they're giving you uh, listen. Soft, my first software was bought by the church. Yeah, you know, like all of this stuff is like they hand this to you because they just need somebody to do it, and right. you don't realize that hey, I'm just giving back to my local church, and God is setting up the trajectory for you to monetize everything that you're learning. I, t I tell people all the time, the church is the best place to explore your giftings. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because so yeah. you, you can do it and they're just happy that you're helping. Hey, they're not going to fire you. They ain't going to fire you. <laughs> Except if no, you come to Relevant Church. I got an executive pastor that loves to fire volunteers. No, but you say, I mean, like, I'm so glad we latched onto this. I think it's so important for people to understand that 
if you are wanting to explore what is my what is my thing, what areas can I there are places within the the community and within the body of Christ, within the church community, within this space where you can try almost anything. You can build like you are building websites, creating curriculum, right? Doing graphic design, and people get paid money to do that stuff. So yeah. Try it, man. Like, if y'all listening to this, do not diminish what God has given you and do not be afraid to try something. Absolutely. I wouldn't have launched my ad agency and I wouldn't have been able to pitch other clients if I didn't prove that I was able to produce content that was actually, um, uh, what's the word I'm saying? That actually produced measurable results. Yeah. That's good. The first ad campaign I ran was for my church's youth ministry uh, event. And shout out my boy, Jason North, because he was the speaker at that event. Nice, nice. <laughs> Jay North. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, so I think it takes a special, like, something to be to say, I'm going to plant a church, right? Because this is my experience with church planting. I, this is this is our experience, my family and I. It was like a blind date, man. You just never knew what would happen on any weekend. Some there were some weekends we were literally setting up, and we didn't know who was showing up, bro. We were like, okay, God told us to do this. We're setting up all of this equipment and this, and putting out welcome signs and all of this stuff. And like, bro, we don't know. We don't know if we're the only ones gonna be there after we do all this setup, man. Talk to us about your journey into church planting. And I also want you to talk to us about the bivocational method of your church planting because Muta, no one just dropped a, a mill on you, just said, hey, go do this and all your bills paid. So talk to us about that. Bro, one of my boys just planted a church with half a million dollars just <laughs> off rip. Before his first weekend service, he had a half a mill in the bank. Lord, these guys are planting churches now in wild ways. Another another buddy of mine, $350,000. Another mm. guy, $180,000. They planted their church. And I'm just like, I started my church with $9,000. Wow. wow. $9,000. Don't ever do how I did church. <laughs> I'm like, I'll tell you, you said that uh, planting a church is like being on a blind date, man. It's like being on a blind date. With somebody who I can't even say because it's probably gonna be politically incorrect, but it's just it's a it's, a it's an ordeal. It's yes. an ordeal, dude. Um, honestly, y'all want to know my my? I, you guys probably see me. You probably come on hearing me go back. I keep tracking back to the youth ministry days and old school, because honestly, the reality is all of that was, it was a leader. It was a mm -hmm. leader. So how did I get to planting the church? Well, here's the trajectory. I was part of a local church. I was in the marketplace. I saw a need. We needed a youth ministry. So I developed a youth ministry. I had to gather students. I had to get the church to be invested into the this vision so i had to convince um stakeholders to say what he wants to do is worth investing in i got them to send me to youth conferences i got them to help me purchase different materials and i had to galvanize a group of individuals to go out and be the mouthpiece of this ministry to go get more individuals well business, i did business, this business yep i did this and left the church that I was at. Um, when I left the church I was at, I was kind of, you know, that that's a whole nother story from a, for a different time. But whatever the case may be, another church, I started going there and I met the pastor. He found out that I had a youth ministry that I was meeting with in the community. He said, man, I need you. I need a youth pastor here. And I said, well, you know, I'll be willing to come help out. He said, can you bring those students here? I brought those students to that church. And then he said, hey, uh, I know you've got some background in marketing because I was still working in marketing and nonprofit work. So I said, hey, can you come and bring those things to me? I joined a church plant. We were meeting in a movie theater 
And so when I got there, they were only three years old. So I'm learning real time. Me and the pastor became really good friends. He invites me on staff. So I'm literally learning every day what a church plant is like. And he's an incredible leadership development guy, very good connector, um, great preacher as well, too. And so I'm learning and I just submit myself to learning. I end up leaving the job. So I leave the marketplace totally and I accept an internship. Now, listen, I got two kids. My wife has just resigned from her job because she wants to be a stay-at-home mom. I resigned from my job and we accept an internship making $400 a month total. I'm, we move in with my parents because I believe this is what we're supposed to do. My parents end up moving out of the country. They tell us they're selling the house, so get out in two months. Uh, <laughs> we move to the community. God works it out. But again, I'm learning. I'm growing. And then while I'm there, after two years being there, God really lays it on my heart to go to a community that we really didn't want to go to, a community that we never expected to be in, to go plant a life-giving church. And um, so my wife and I, we packed up our bags moved to this community 35 miles, 36 miles south of where we lived. Um, because I didn't know anybody in the community, I had to get to know people in the community. So I had a buddy from high school who owned a radio shack. And I asked him, I said, bro, can I work at your radio shack? Because number one, I need to make some money. <laughs> number mm -hmm. two, I need to be able to get to know, yeah, see people yeah. walking in and out. Um, of the store, just kind of get to know the heart of the community. And then I found a little local uh, cafe that I just set up shop in there. I'd go in there and work. And so that's how I ended up. That was my journey, man. And got to know the community and started building from there. Dude, I love that. And I love the fact you you said it as, as a, a, a small part of the story, but that's setting up shop at a cafe. Just mm -hmm. being in a public place where people... Yeah come to all the time where you're, you become yeah. a regular. I think just mm -hmm. for any person out there, this is not usually what one of the things we share on the podcast, but if you mm -hmm. are wanting to make impact in people's lives and you're a believer, go where people are. Go Somebody, where people just, are. Be present. Go where man. people are. Yeah. Be present with people, man. One thing that Jesus did, he was just present. He was yeah. just present, you know? Um, I didn't, I, I have to tell the church that I started as an intern, they ended up hiring me on staff and I ended okay. up being, you know, the youth pastor and the teaching pastor there. And um, so I, I, I went full time there after about six months. But yeah, just wanted to share yeah. that little piece. Cool. Yeah. Now, Muta, I still see, I, I saw an ad the other day come across my Facebook for Engage mm. Conference. Yeah. So you, yeah. So you're, even though you're leading your congregation, <laughs> You have not stopped innovating and pushing the boundaries of, of creativity and doing things like conferences and creating curriculum. Kind of talk to us about some of the things you're doing now um, outside of leading relevant. And I, I, I do want to come to the, the leadership college in a little while, but mm -hmm. tell us some of the things you're doing in the in your creative space. Yeah, man. Um, well, Engage Conference, I still to this day don't know how the heck I got involved with the Engage Conference. <laughs> I, I was uh, you, I was at their you're, offices. You're the <laughs> Listen, I was at their uh, offices in Kansas City a few months back. And there were, you know, there was a few uh, kind of, uh, uh, what do they call them, faculty of Engage Conference. And we were there uh, shooting some new um content for the upcoming year and we all sitting around and everybody's like yo so how did you become a part of engage conference how did you become a part of you know this group and uh i was like honestly i have no clue till this day i don't know all i remember is i got a message with somebody asking me could i submit a talk for this conference that was happening. And it was right in the middle of COVID. It was in 2020. They were like, hey, we're going to do this online conference. Um, there's going to be, you know, a bunch of speakers. We plan on promoting it to, you know, the world or whatever. There's going to be, you know, 50 countries, 75, 80 countries represented. There's going to be over 20,000 participants. Would you submit uh, uh, a session? So I submitted a session and uh, 
24 hours later, they're like, cool, it's accepted. Produce, you know, the video. So we had to submit our own video. So wrote the session, uh, submitted the video. And I got a phone call from the organizer. And she was like, your session was the most watched and engaged wow. session wow. all over the world. Not just in the wow. U.S., like all wow. over the world. And they were like, we need you to submit for next year as well, too. And so I submitted for the next year and they were like, yo, <laughs> that session, people are asking for that session. Like people are signing on just because of your session. And so that was a, a relationship that's been developed. And so I would submit for the conference. And ever since then, I've now started doing master classes for them. Nice. And so I'm teaching master classes on um, really people development. So on told you, man. That's, I, I, I know enrollment, it. <laughs> yeah, enrolling leaders, uh, developing leaders. Um, I've done a few things on hospitality, uh, but most of it is volunteer engagement, volunteer development, and leadership development is kind of been my sweet spot in this area. In this area, so uh, yeah, those. That's what I'm doing with Engage Conference. I love that. Um, I also, you know, I'm just available to organizations and. Um, churches who want to know more about leadership development, about hospitality, guest services is my huge thing. I, I worked for Walt Disney in the past. So guest services is my guest experience is one of my favorite, favorite things. I hate bad customer service. And so I feel like a lot of churches have bad customer service. They've got bad guest experience. So um, I've had the opportunity to begin to coach and lead other churches to increase their guest experience. Um, because check this out, Walt Disney World has a 70% first time guest return rate. And wow. people who go to Walt Disney spend anywhere between $3,000 to $11,000 for a family of three to five to go for three days. 70% guest return rate. So let's just say the average was $5,000. So if I go this year, I skip a year and I go the next year, in three years, I spend $10,000 at, right. yeah. at Disney. Most people don't give $10,000 to their church in two years. Wow. Wow. And they have a 70% guest return rate. The average church has six to 10% first time guest return rate. So we, we're doing something wrong. We, we you know, we miss, we're missing, we're missing the boat. So I've started really helping coach churches develop uh, their guest experience, develop their volunteers, develop their leaders. Um, I also, I've had uh, the amazing opportunity to preach uh, quite a bit and, guest developed, I say this humbly, a guest developed a gift in preaching and teaching where a lot of people have asked me. It started really with my team asking me like, hey, how do you preach? How, you know, if I ask the team member, I use this, I started to develop a curriculum to develop my communicators in my church. And so everything that I do, honestly, starts with me just doing it for my local church and then it ends up being monetized. And so uh, when I first started out in ministry, uh, and preaching every single weekend, man, you know, it. like when you become a pastor, senior pastor, and you got to preach every weekend, the weekends daunting. come real fast. And that they weekend come comes real, real fast. fast, man. It was daunting. And honestly, I found myself hating, hating sermon prep. Like that was the bane of my existence. I didn't mind communicating, you know, but the sermon prep just felt like it was grueling. It just took hours so much so that I started hating preaching. Because of sermon prep. So one day I was like, man, there's got to be a better way. So I kind of formulated a way to write a sermon in the best possible way to study, to prepare. And I started using this tool and it increased my uh, prep time. It made my sermons uh, deeper. It made them broader. It made people engage with them a whole lot more. Uh, people started enjoying my sermons a lot more. I stopped deleting my sermons off of YouTube and podcasts and leaving them up because people wanted to listen to them more. But then a lot of people would ask me, you know, team members or whatnot, you know, when I was developing them to preach, I would say, man, I, I've got this tool. You want you, The best way for me to say it, I had this tool that I use mm -hmm. for myself. Somebody was speaking for a conference at my church, who is one of our team members for a women's conference. And she says, PM, can you help me preach? Can you help me learn? They call me PM, Pastor Muta. Can you help me prepare for this? And I said, well, I'll give you the notes of how I develop my message. So 
I wrote down my notes. And as I was writing, I was like, well, let me add, because she's going to need a little bit more. She's going to need a little bit more. And from there, literally, I developed a 20-something page uh, document, resource. Yeah. resource to help you write your sermon easier. She used it and wrecked it, wrecked it. So I was like, oh, this might be something. So I sent it to a couple of my friends, like, what do you think? And one of my coach, one of my mentors, big shout out, Doug Rasek, uh, over at Rust City Church in Ohio. He, I sent him my sermon resource and he was like, bro, I will give you $1,000 right now to develop it. I was wow. so into it, $1,000 right now. And so from then on, I developed Sermons Made Easy. So it's a wow. resource and the full... Um, course is coming out in a couple of weeks there's gonna be videos gonna have the document i already have the document sorry that was really jumbled up but i get so excited about some of the things that god has allowed me to work on and so i've got that you know i've got the book coming out um dude but yeah. let me pause you here man you said think about this you did something you you had a problem mm -hmm. you went figured out a solution someone else yeah. had a similar problem you created something to help them you recognize wait a minute Maybe this is, is, let me check to see if other people might need this. So I send mm -hmm. it, you send it around to some people, test the market. Yo, I'm interested. Somebody was interested enough to give you money. Yeah. That's, that's sign number one, right? If you want to yeah. know if your thing is legit, do a pre-sale. Do yeah. something where people can give you money before because that's the only way you really know if they're interested. Absolutely. And then you made it a resource and then you're scaling it up. And for anyone, listen, I don't want to ever let you listen to an episode, watch an episode without getting something you could put into practice for your own business that you just told us exactly how to do it man like yeah there's a need for me okay create a solution see if there's other people who have that same need you know put it out there for some feedback yeah. and then put the small minimum viable product okay small resource and yeah. then scale that thing up you don't have to keep running 10 different directions and scale that thing up and yeah. so I love it, man. I love it. Listen, I, I think I, I know we're cutting hot, short on time, but I think there's something that people need to realize. And this is my story. It may be. See, a lot of people see me and they think I'm like this crazy entrepreneur who just I come up with an idea. Let me just go market this and let me do this. I'm telling you, everything that I've monetized, again, has not started because I wanted to monetize it. It's literally just been the tool in my hand. Think about it like this. Moses, when God called him to uh, right. go to Egypt, he says, what's in your hand? He had a right. staff. Shamgar, he had an ox goat. You know, the, the widow, she had jars. Oil. Yeah, I mean, she had, I mean, she had a little bit of oil. And they said, go get jars. So she had the oil. And so with everything that I did, this sermon resource never really started out to be something that was going to be marketed. It just helped me. And then I helped somebody else. And then my team was like, hey, how can you help us become better preachers? I used the resource with them. And then when everybody was like, yo, this is kind of hot. This is great. You should sell this. I was like, wait a minute. Huh? Really? Mm -hmm. And so I sent it to a couple of friends who I trusted their opinion, you know? And so a lot of times we think I got to sit down and innovate. What can I mm. do? What can I sell? Yeah, what can good. I create? The thing that you need to monetize, can I tell you, you already have it. It's already there. You just need to look what's in your hands. Stop thinking about what everybody else is doing. This guy's doing so many different things. And you're like, man, I need to do it like them. I need to do it like them. Let me need to do it like them. You don't need to do it like anybody else. You need to do it like you. You are the prototype. Mm. Monetize what's in your hands. Mutai, that was, that was that was one of those mic drop moments right there, dude. That was that was good. I need you to tell us because somebody's wanting to connect with you. They want to connect with what you're doing at Relevant Church. Mm -hmm. They also want to connect with what you're doing with uh, Relevant Leadership College. Yeah, and they want to connect with what you're doing in just your general stuff, man. Like this, they want more Muta. So just tell yeah. us, man. Tell us the places and I'm going to pop them up on the screen. So tell us where we can connect with you. No doubt. Social is I am Muta Mwenya. That's I-A-M-M-U-T-A-M-W-E-N-Y-A. -E I know it's long, but listen, I'm African and I'm proud of it. And so I'm going to show my name. Y'all lucky I didn't put the whole thing. But Tangalamwa, I'm Mwenya. Let's stand up, Zambia. Do I have it right? Let me see. Yeah, you have it right. 
I am Uta Munya. Uh, so everything social. I'm on threads. I love threads. I'm on um, Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Uh, check me out there. And then uh, my website, mutamwenya.com. Uh, you can find some of these resources that I have. I got another uh, resource called 31 Days of Crushing It. Again, it came out of me being undisciplined and not being able to focus myself. And so I said, man, for 31 days, I'm going to focus on the goal and I'm going to commit to it and I'm going to remove obstacles and I'm going to do everything for 31 days. And outside of that, uh, my wife was like, hey, babe, I've got this goal. And I said, hey, try doing this 31 days that I've been doing. And so we did it together. And then uh, a few people in my church were like, man, I'm struggling to do this. I'm struggling with this. I'm like, hey, try it. Let's, let's just put a group together, 31 days of crushing it. And we did it. And everybody blasted through their goals. And from then on, it started 31 days of crushing it. So if you want to if you have a goal you want to meet, your challenge that you want to accomplish, uh, 31 Days of Crushing can help you. You can find all about all of that at Mutamunia.com. Dude, give us the church, the church website, man. Come oh, on. yeah, yeah, for real. Like, so somebody, my somebody, I mean, some people may be in your ear, but some people may want to just even give to what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, relevant. This is relevant.cc. This is relevant.cc. Relevant Church is our church. Uh, this is relevant.cc. Go find out what we're doing. Um, I love my church. Uh, it has literally been a gift from the Lord. Um, again, one of those things that I didn't go out looking for. I just felt called to it and I stepped into it. Hasn't been easy, but literally God has blessed, provided. We actually, come on, and you didn't even know that. Like after 2020, our church was decimated. It was decimated. Like we came back and there was a handful of people. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally we went from hundreds of people to 65 people our first weekend back. And we've since grown, you know, double. We've gone back to multiple services again now, you know, um, and it's just been amazing. We've got an incredible team uh, of volunteers, but God has just been really amazing with Relevant Church and Relevant Leadership College. If anybody is... Yeah. Uh, interested in becoming a gospel-shaped leader in ministry of the marketplace, Relevant Leadership College. Uh, we say RLC is the place to be. So it's a two-year Bible and ministry, uh, Bible and leadership college. And we call it more of an, an apprenticeship. You know, it allows you to take what you're learning and put it right into your daily life. And RLC changes lives. I mean, literally people have graduated from RLC, have gotten raises. We had somebody, um, their boss showed up to work. They'd worked for this company for like five, six years. Their boss showed up to church, to church and they were like, uh, they've been talking about RLC and this person has totally changed. Wow. And I need to know what the heck you guys are doing. Because if your program is changing people like this, I'm going to send more students to your program. And so, yeah, relevant leadership college. I mean, we've seen people go leave and become directors who were just mid-level managers to become, you know, high-level managers, people who are just regular employees to becoming leaders on their job. We've had people leave ministry and go into the, I mean, leave marketplace and go into ministry. And so, uh, literally I could talk for days. I'm a preacher, so I'm going to shut up now, but God has just been faithful. <laughs> and, and so thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of this, dude. Dude, listen, first of all, man, just want to tell, tell you, thank you for making the time and, um, just for sharing, man. There was so much that I got out of this confirmation for me. And I know it'll be confirmation for someone else. Mutai, I just want to pray. Um, just, just, you know, just share and just say God's blessings over you, thank you bro. your family, your your business, your ministry, your church, everything that God has put in your way, man. I just want to pray God's blessings over you. Um, you have helped somebody today to recognize that this, the thing that they're doing has value. Yeah, and it's it does it, it doesn't have to be complicated to get started. It really mm -hmm. doesn't. It's Absolutely. simple. And so yeah. for somebody who's watching this today, we just want to encourage you. Like you have something that God has put in your hands, something that God has put in your heart. And that thing here has value. So I just yeah. want to encourage you that your ministry has value and has a place in the marketplace. Go take it out into the world. Thank you for listening to the Monetize Your Ministry podcast with Kamon Hines. For more information, visit our website at www.monetizeyourministrypodcast.com. That's 
www.monetizeyourministrypodcast.com. Find us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Please share this episode with someone who needs it. Let's increase our income and impact.